Welcome to the Beauty and Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Shawnee, and today we discuss the B-side of life, love, and business. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, beautiful people. This is your girl, Shawnee, and I am back from my little break, guys. I really, really missed you all. I have a little treat. This episode, I have a guest. So I want to go ahead and start with the quote. I'm selfish, impatient, and a little insecure. I make mistakes. I am out of control and at times hard to handle. But if you can't handle me at my worst, then you sure as hell don't deserve me at my best. And that's by Marilyn Monroe. All right, guys, so this episode, I have Keisha Rice on with me. I really, really enjoyed my conversation with her, and I think you will too. So here it is. So today I have another lovely guest for you, Miss Keisha Rice. So Miss Keisha reveals the attraction secrets she's learned from years of studying the psychology of love helping dozens of women date with confidence and healing her own hurts to attract her husband and purpose partner. Okay. Yes. We trying to elevate in every way guys. And you know what? Sometimes we have to take care of ourselves and check ourselves when it comes to love and life and business. So welcome to the beauty and soul podcast, Keisha. Thank you for having me. And I just want to say, I love what you just said about taking care of ourselves and elevating ourselves because one of the things that I'm constantly telling my clients is that people can only love you at the level that you love yourself. Girl, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you right. Well listen, we'll dig we'll dig into that. But that's something that I recently um started learning. You know, I really, really started learning that. So let's go ahead and start let's start talking about it. Um so what what caused you to start to pursue this work? <laughs> so it's really funny. I come from a family full of preachers. Uh, my dad is a minister. When I got married, my brother was the one who married us because he's a youth minister. <laughs> and growing up, my dad used to constantly tell me, you're going to be in ministry. You're going to be this powerful woman of God. I can already see it. And I was like, heck no, that is definitely <laughs> not happening. <laughs> and I went to school for journalism, and I minored in religion, actually, but I minored in religion. I was also studying psychology at the time, and specifically the psychology of love and marriage and sex, just for fun, actually. (laughs) So I do all this. I get out of college, and I'm having all of these issues in my personal life with relationships, being in toxic relationships, abusive relationships. I know a lot of women have that story. And I'm continuing on this journey of being a journalist again, you know, forgetting the whole ministry thing that my dad had talked about, you know, again, studying psychology, but just for fun. (laughs) Yeah. And as I'm living my life, I start, I have this woman reach out to me saying, your life is incredible. I follow you on social media. I want to be more like you. Have you ever considered life coaching? Mm. And I was like, what the heck? So, you know, I started looking into it. I actually got my certification in life coaching. I started helping her and help, and, and I wanted to do success and career coaching, but I kept having particularly Christian women come to me. Right. And I kept having 
Christian women coming to me asking me about particularly relationships. So um, I always say that I didn't find my purpose. It found me. (laughs) I I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, congratulations for your purpose finding you, you know, because that right there is is a true blessing, you know, and yeah. I can I can attest to that, too. I can attest to that, too. Well, I'm excited for you. So what are some of um, the challenges that you have found that women have to face when it comes to love? I can tell you about my own, but I'm going to just let you share. <laughs> what other people be talking about. (laughs) Okay, so we will schedule that coaching session later. (laughs) One of the biggest things that I see all the time is a lot of the women that I work with are not only Christian women, they are high achieving Christian women. So because of that, I see a lot of leading with your resume. Mm -hmm. So they meet men and they go on dates and they come to me and they're like, Keisha, why does this guy not like me? Why does he not seem interested? I have this many degrees and I make this kind of salary and I've accomplished this and I cured cancer and conquered like (laughs) world hunger on my lunch break. What is wrong? (laughs) And my response to that is always, boo, like in all love, your resume is great for a job interview. Yeah. But no one wants to go to dinner and just hear you list off all of your accomplishments. You know, when a man goes on a date with you, he wants to get to know you. And you are way more than your resume. And until you realize that you're way more than your resume, you're frankly going to be single forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very, very true. Very, very true. And I think, you know, as a high achieving woman um you know we're we're always like you know we're always like you know i gotta get it i gotta get it i got it now now i want you know the partnership or the family or you know the other stuff um and then sometimes it's kind of hard if the man isn't where you are career-wise or even mentally sometimes it can be very very challenging i've I've personally found that sometimes guys can guys can be jealous too. Not necessarily of me as a person, but you know, just, you know, the achievements and they kind of feel like, oh dang, well, what am I gonna do if she's doing this, you know? Um, so Definitely. that's one thing I found. And it's really interesting that that you bring that up because when it comes to marriage in particular, I will see women do this all the time, especially women who are high achieving, because for us, we feel like we need two things to get married. We need to be in love and we need to feel like there's a sense of security there. We know we can start a household together. We know that we can have kids. We know that this person like loves us and cares for us and all of that. And that financial security part, I see this sometimes with women being like, well, I make this amount of money and it's okay if I cover the most part of it and, you know, he throws in what he has for his job and everything is okay. For a man, they need to love a woman. And note I said love. I did not say in love because that sometimes happens after. Um, But also for a man, the security is a whole different level of security. Even if they're with a woman who makes more money, he needs to know that he could hold it down if he needs to. It is not enough for him to feel like, oh, well, okay, my boobs got it. Like, everything's all right. 
Like he needs to have that security in himself. And I see so many women get frustrated. Who cares? Like, I got it. It's cool. And it's like, yeah. he cares. That's who cares. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're right about that. You're so, so right about that. And you know what? I want, I want him to care too. So <laughs> we, we all can care because you know what? You go, you can build together. It, it, it's yeah. fine, you know? Um, but, but that is something that I have noticed um, with, dating especially dating um in new york city well when i lived in atlanta as well um just in those type of areas like you know women are like really really out here we're, we're out here yeah we're, you know <laughs> we're we're really you know achieving things so sometimes some men um some men can feel a certain kind of way but i'm going to change that up and say this and then we can start talking about your next topic. Like when I started seeing myself differently or I started like what I was feeling inside allowing to come out, I started to attract higher quality men. Yeah. So that kind of changed it. You know, that kind of changed it up for me as well. So I'm like, okay, you're not worried about what I have going on because you have your own things going on. So I was like, yes, that's what I'm looking for, <laughs> you know? So, <Yeah. laughs> so it's like, you know, how can we help women to see themselves in the right light so that they can attract better quality men or better quality dates and not even just women, but also men too, because we have male listeners too. So that's true. So first of all, I do think, that is important to take an assessment and start to get really real with yourself. What is it that you bring to the table and try to do it without bringing up something that goes up on your resume? Because all too often we have this tendency to mix our identity with our job title. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you have to get into this point where you can say, what is it that I bring to the table? For me, I can say, I have a great sense of humor. You know, yeah. I am a survivor. I will always figure out a way out of the situation. I am caring by nature. Yeah. You know, I am always willing to communicate. And I don't back down from arguments, not in the sense of, oh, I don't back down from a fight. But right. I'm not afraid to actually address an issue and work it out. Those are things that I bring to a table. So one of the biggest things is being able to communicate that without bringing up your resume. And particularly for women, this kind of ties along in with it. One of the biggest mistakes that I see women make when it comes to dating is operating in masculine energy. Oh, girl. <laughs> and I talk about this a lot because women have this idea that feminine means, okay, I'm going to put on some makeup and I'm going to wear pink and I'm going to put on a dress and that's feminine. And I know plenty of women who do that, but operate in masculine energy. Yeah. And it goes back to this idea of leading with your resume that we talked about, <laughs> where the masculine energy is an energy of push, drive, assertiveness, dominance. And those things get us very far in our careers. I'm not saying there's no use for masculine energy. Right. There is use for it in its appropriate place. But when we bring that into dating, you wonder why men get competitive. You wonder why you are pushing men away. And what's happening is, first of all, 
a straight man does not want to be with a woman who operates in masculine energy. He feels like he's competing with himself. Yeah. And that's where some of that, you know, that's where some of that jealousy and competition starts getting in because you see men all the time. When you put two men in a room, <laughs> they don't have to talk to each other. You can see that they will sit up straighter, stand up straighter so they can be taller than the other guy. You know, they do all of these things to compete. So when a man is with a woman who is operating in masculine energy, the exact same thing starts happening and he gets annoyed by that. But also our feminine energy is of grace and ease and flow. And when we operate in our feminine energy, we compel men, we attract men. Yes. And we also know how to persuade men so that we don't do things like nag men. Right. To get them to do things. Nagging is masculine energy. Another thing that men find annoying and that we don't want to do. You know, I'm a newlywed. I don't want to nag my husband to do dishes. <laughs> and exactly. when I operate in my feminine energy, I don't have to. He exactly. does. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that is a skill a lot of women need to learn how to master. Because you are so, so right. Just for instance, with the, with the dishes, it's all in the way you communicate that. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to say, hey, when are you going to do the dishes? You know, that's masculine energy. But if you're like, you know, babe, I, I love it whenever, you know, I come home and, and you know, the dishes are finished and you, you finish putting them away. I really appreciate that. You know, you don't, it's a way to communicate things so that your partner or whoever understands and it's not so aggressive, you know, so that they receive it better. Uh, Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And as, and as women, our true power is in our feminine energy. You know, once we, once we tap into that, it's like a whole nother world. (laughs) There's this idea that the feminine is weak. And absolutely not. Um, Even if you go back to the very beginning of the Bible, you talk about Adam and Eve. You know, it was Eve who convinced Adam to take a bite of that fruit. Like, it's Eve's feminine power that basically brought about the destruction of the world. Um, (laughs) You look at it that way. We're just going to skip over that part. Skip over that. (laughs) (laughs) But my point in that being is that it is feminine energy that is an incredibly powerful thing. Yeah, And we need to recognize that we have power instead of feeling like we're weak and that we have to drive, we have to push, we have to dominate. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to do those things, especially not at home, especially not if I'm doing that on a job all the time. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Especially, you know, if you're doing it at, for work, you know, it, it's, it's too much to do it at home too. It's just like, geez, when am I going to get a break? Exactly. <laughs> I'm always working. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely, I definitely agree that uh, all of those things are very, very important. Um, but I do want to touch on this topic right here. Why marrying just for love isn't enough? Why marrying for love isn't enough? We were just talking about, like, you know, as women, we're all like, oh, you know, I want him to be um, secure and I want him to be able to build a home with me or build whatever. Um, And then we also want to feel in love. You know, we want that honeymoon stage all the time. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that's not realistic. You know, that's not 
that's not realistic. So um, why do you feel that marrying for love just isn't enough? Okay, so there are a few reasons, and I definitely have people who get a little hurt when I start going over this topic, but for starters, I mentioned it earlier, women need this feeling of being in love. It is part of our whole ease and grace and flow. We like to get carried off into that feeling. Men need to love a woman. Yeah. They don't need to be in love. Yeah. They need to have strong love for, and sometimes the being in love comes later. So you have to be able to go into a marriage accepting that, that like, hey, maybe my husband loves me to death, but he may not be in love with me. And if you say that out loud to yourself and you start to feel tight and uncomfortable, it's going to be a long road on this marriage. (laughs) Yeah. But also, psychologically speaking, that whole feeling that we refer to as being in love typically only lasts about three, four years. Yeah. So, you know, a marriage is supposed to be the rest of your life. And most of us, when we get married in our 20s, 30s, you know, nowadays, sometimes into your 40s, even if you get married in your 40s, you're still looking at a good 30, 40 years with this person. So you're going to get past that whole in love phase. You have to have other kinds of love, the type of love that requires teamwork, the type of love that you have for family, the fact that the two of you may have children together. If you don't have children together, the fact that you're working to be, you're working together to build this legacy, you know, the best piece of relationship advice that I ever personally received was from my mom. I grew up in a family where my parents argue all the time. (laughs) And I never doubted that they were together. They were strong. I never had these thoughts that they were going to get divorced. I just always thought it was weird. And I asked my mom one time, I was like, why is it that the two of you argue all the time? And my mom looked at me and she said, Keisha, I may not always like your dad, but I always love him. Yeah. So when we don't agree, we work on it because we love each other. Right. And it's that type of love and commitment that gets you through a marriage way past the whole in love phase. (laughs) And also you have to think of marriage as this is something that frankly, people who are wealthy think about and people who, you know, don't come from money, don't have financial literacy, you know, don't think about marriage builds legacy. So when you are attaching yourself to someone else, you are attaching your name to that person, possibly, if you're taking your husband's name. If you aren't taking the name, you're still attaching your family to their family. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have kids, that's a whole new legacy that you're creating. You're creating a financial legacy together. You can love the person, you know, you can love them to death, but how does that feel to you that your two legacies are connected forever and ever and even after you die? How does that feel to you? Because if you start thinking about that, you're going to get a lot pickier about who you date. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. I, and I'll share this not to um, interrupt, but when I was engaged and when I really started asking myself those type of questions, like in the future, what is this going to look like? What is our connection going to look like? 
how am I going to feel if we decide to get divorced? And it was just so many questions I had. And then what ultimately, ultimately made me make that decision to end it was if I had a son, would I want him to act like his father? And the answer was no. Yeah. So if the answer is no, what am I getting married for? <laughs> you know? So it, was, it was like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Because you don't want to build that type of legacy or have that type of bond if yeah. that's not even a person that you your your soul resonates with, you know? And it's a hard it's a hard decision to make, you know, it's, it's a hard reality to face sometimes, but you do need to ask yourself those type of questions when you're talking about marriage. Yeah, I, I asked myself a seri- uh, similar question before my husband and I got married. And I'm the type of person, whenever I make a big decision, I always consider what is the absolute worst case scenario? Yeah. What's, what's the doomsday? <laughs> So for me, I asked myself, if my husband and I get married and we have kids and we divorce, is this the type of man I could co-parent with? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good one. And I started to imagine, what would that look like? Would we be able, given his personality, given my personality, would we be able to work out a system where hey, can you take the kids this weekend? Hey, you know, I know this is supposed to be my weekend, but is there any way we can switch? Will we be able to have those types of conversations without killing each other? Right. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a good one. And if the answer is no, then sis, don't get married. And sis, don't sleep with them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, I think if we, if we took a took a beat and like really, really asked ourselves those type of questions, you're right. We will be dating a lot differently and we should be dating a lot differently. Yeah. Yeah, we should be. Absolutely. I agree. Okay. So did you have any other ones? Cause this is good girl. Okay. Yeah. I can run, I can run through a few mistakes and you can feel free to, to hop in, you know, if that, if that you're comfortable with that. Um, one is trying to hack dating. Mm. (laughs) I, I see this one really often because I will not name names, but there are other dating coaches out there who post on their websites, post on Facebook, social media, um, you know, click on this for 10 texts that will make him melt. I've seen those. <laughs> I've seen those. And, you know, I was reading a, a news article the other day. There's this dating service mm-hmm. that you sign up for the service. They have a whole team of people who make over your, all of your online profiles, your dating profiles, your social media profiles. And then they have figured out a way to like forward text to their experts. So if you're going on a date with someone, mm-hmm. then they text the person for you. And then they send you a list of all the text messages, all the conversations so that you know what you said. Stop it. <laughs> so not joking. So not joking. So here's the thing. I've like, been doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, but just think about this. You get these hacks to text a man and make him melt. You get these yeah. hacks for what to say on a, on a first date to make it go perfectly. How are you going to survive the second date and the third Ooh. and the fourth? Are you going to have someone pretend to be you for the next 60 years? Like, 
Yeah, they're playing. They're not playing the long game. They're just trying right. to get get what they can get right now. Right. Mm-hmm. You should never hack dating. Like I'm all for productivity hacks to save time, yeah. but when it comes to dating, you want someone to love the real you. Yeah. You don't want to spend your life pretending to be somebody else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, like an, another mistake I see all the time is women not knowing how to embrace an experience. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is I will see not just clients of mine, but friends of mine go on a date and I'll be like, Hey, what did you do? Oh, we went to mini golf. And I'm like, that sounds like so much fun. Like, I'm sure you enjoyed it. It was, you know, and I'll be like, well, you know, the entire time I was nervous because like, my shirt didn't fit quite right and I was like mm-hmm. constantly tugging at it or I was worried about saying the wrong thing and like him thinking that I was stupid. He was like, this is how you get to know someone. Yeah. This is how you get to see if a person is marriage material through being yourself. And when you're comfortable in yourself, you enable someone else like the man you're on a date with to be comfortable with himself so that he can be himself. So you can really get to know him. <laughs> Because that's the purpose of dating. And if you are spending all of this time in your head, you're not really getting to know the person. He's not really getting to know you. Why are you even out on the date? Why? Wow. <laughs> right. You're right. You are so, so right. You are so, 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 so right, you know? And I, it's sad because I think some people date because they're bored. And, you know, I've been there, so I don't judge women who have done that because I've been there, I've done that, and, you know, I, there was definitely a period in my life where I was like, okay, that date sucked, but at least I got a free meal, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I don't judge women who that's the case for them because, frankly, I believe when you know better, you do better. Right. You know, I grew up, (laughs) and I stopped doing those things, but... But yeah, that's that's not how you really want to date, especially if you're dating with the end goal of marriage. Exactly, exactly. And it's it's really hard for for women and men who are dating with intention because there are so many people out here who aren't. Yeah. Who, like I said, are just dating because they're bored. They just want, you know to go to dinner with somebody one night and then they're good, you know? So it's really hard. You just, you do have to do your, your, your due diligence to screening these people um, <laughs> and pick up, pick up all the, on the red flags that they come across you, you know, when you see it move accordingly, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing. You have to accept the fact that when you go on a first date with someone, you're not meeting the person you're meeting the representative. Yes. Uh, <laughs> just, just point blank period. You're meeting the yes. representative. It takes time to get to know a person Mm -hmm. and you have to accept that for some women. The solution to that is dating more than one man at a time because then they're getting to know multiple men. They start seeing red flags. They let a man go. Um, Yes. You know, I did that for a while. That's been working for me right now. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I was the type of person that was, I'm a relationship person, so I like to be committed to someone. So it was like when I'm dating, I'm dating just one person at a time. But I'm like, 
that's not working. I need to date multiple people so I can see what's going on. You work for me. No, you don't work for me. You know what I'm saying? So I can maneuver a little bit differently. A lot of men do that. Yeah. You know, a lot of men do that. And I mean, it's been working for me. And I think that just comes to communication with, mm -hmm. with everything. So yeah. this is, this could be, Hey, no offense. I'm dating more, more than one person at a time. Or I have a friend that I had lunch with earlier today. She told me, she was like, hey, I never want to get married. I have absolutely no intention of getting married. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, when you go on dates, do the guys know that? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, then all is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're open. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that idea, you know, um, of being open and just being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's not I enough honesty in the world. <laughs> no. You know, but if people, if people were if people had the courage to be honest, a lot less people would be heartbroken. So true. Very you know, true. So a lot less people would be heartbroken, which in turn will cause a lot less people to hurt other people. And then the cycle would end somewhere, but it's not. So it's just like going constantly, constantly going, which is just unfortunate, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Well, those are great, great, great points. I love everything we talked about today. But one thing I love about the podcast is we always talk about the B side of everything, you know? So the B side is the side that is the side that gets, uh, people don't talk about too much. You know, the side that's kind of like, mm, we shy away from. You know, yeah. so when it came, when it comes to you and, you know, your, your dating life, how is it, and even not even your dating life, but your marriage now, how is it that you're able to manage being, you know, a love relationship coach, also being present and in your newlywed marriage situation? Like how, how do you balance your business and your, your marriage? Yeah, definitely. So when you are in a relationship with someone, and this is a problem for single women too all the time. I hear it when women come to me, Keisha, I want to date, but you know, what happened was is that I have this career and I might be going back to school and I'm doing all these things and I don't know how I'm going to fit in dating. <laughs> and then, you know, I have friends who are, well, you know, I'm married now, but I still have this career and my husband doesn't seem to understand the fact that I have a career because I have married friends who are web developers, who are engineers, yeah. who are doctors, you know. <laughs> so I get they have very busy, high energy careers. Right. And I would say when you're in a relationship, my, my five tips for that would be one, market on a calendar. <laughs> That's right. Because it is. It works. <laughs> I always say the road to hell was paved with good intentions. Yeah. You can intend all you want to, yeah, I'm going to spend more time with my partner. But when you put it on a calendar, like you actually see it on the calendar, you put it on your phone, you put reminders on your phone mm -hmm. and you remember and you're like, Hey, whatever else I have to do today, I have this set appointment <laughs> and I'm going to keep that set appointment. So then you start to do that. And then another thing is to get on the same page with the person that you're dating or with your husband or with your partner, if you're in a long-term relationship, to say, I can say, for example, for me, in addition to being a dating coach, 
I am also a freelance journalist. And for a while, I did both full time. Mm. <laughs> and back when I did both full time and I was driving myself insane. Uh, <laughs> I know, girl. <laughs> uh, the journalism part was working an overnight shift. So I was working, say, one in the morning till nine in the morning or two in the morning till 10 hours like that. And then coming home and working on my business, meeting with a client, doing lives on Facebook, all, all of that good stuff. And then it would be, oh, my fiance at the time, or, you know, right after we first got married, you know, my husband like, oh yeah, we're supposed to do stuff and I'm really tired. Mm. <laughs> so he and I had to like sit down and talk and I was like, hey, this is my schedule. I know your schedule. Um, what works for you? Do you right. want me to come home from work and you and I spend some time together before I start working on the business? Would you want us to spend some time together before I go to bed? And he and I started getting on the same page so that, you know, there were those expectations set. We knew when we were going to spend time together and he was comfortable. If he saw me working on the business, he knew I wasn't neglecting him. We had already talked right. about, you know, <laughs> we had already had the discussion about when we were going to spend time together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Communication. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, another thing is we turn everything into a date. Mm, I like so, that. <laughs> so yes, we take walks together mm-hmm. and yes, we go to the movies together and we go to dinner together. Mm-hmm. But we go grocery shopping together yeah. and we laugh and joke the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we go and we stop for gas and he makes sure that he goes in and he gets one of my favorite snacks and that's romantic to me because you know, he's a man and he actually remembers what my favorite snack is. So <laughs> Oh, <laughs> But you know what I mean? When you start yeah. turning everything into a date, when you start trying to have fun in your everyday life, yeah. it doesn't become this huge pressure of, oh my goodness, we haven't done this. We haven't done this big romantic thing in like a month. You have those time, you have those times together and you have those romantic moments every single day. So it becomes less of a big deal. Yeah. Another thing is something you alluded to, which is being present. So when my husband and I have time together, it's also time for us to put down the phones. Like, you know, <laughs> and then you start turning your time together into quality. So yeah, maybe today was a really busy day and he had things going on. He had to work. I had to work. We only got 30 minutes together the entire day. But that 30 minutes was like a real true conversation. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> And then my last for when you're in a relationship is to lean out. Mm. Because I know what Sheryl Sandberg said about lean in. And don't get me wrong. Fellow businesswoman, I respect Sheryl Sandberg. I think she's a great woman. I admire everything that she's done in her business. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah. I have come to accept the fact that when I am the world's most awesome wife, I'm an okay business owner. Yeah. <laughs> and when I am killing it in my business, that means that I'm kind of an old. So maybe I didn't cook and my husband had a sandwich for dinner. But, you know, first of all, back to that whole being on the same page, he and I talk. So yeah. if I say, hey, this week is going to be absolutely insane, I'm sorry. We've had a conversation about the fact that it's going to be absolutely insane. And I make sure to make it up to him. 
Yeah. So when I have more time, if that means I'm going to cook one of his favorite meals, if that means that I'm going to do some hobby that he's really interested in and that I have absolutely no interest in, I'm going to go with him and I'm going to fake it and I'm going to smile. And, <laughs> and have a great time. Yes. And I'm going to spend extra time with him. But we have to make those balances and you have to accept you cannot be good at 50 million things at once. Yes. Yes. I have learned that. <laughs> I have learned that. Yes. I agree with all of those points. Yes. I agree with all of those points. And I think that, that they're very important. What I, what I hear when I summarize them is communication, yeah. you know, you know, to, to communicate with whoever, you know, you you're in partnership with. And just constantly communicate and constantly be present and constantly, you know, take every moment in, which I think is important. And it's important when you're when you're single as well, because I, I see this happen sometimes, not just in the person that you're dating, but I definitely see it when I started dating, you know, my now husband. This whole idea that you get from your other girlfriends, you know. Oh, she's busy right now. Now that she's got a man, she doesn't have time for us. Mm. You know, <laughs> that type of thing. Yeah. And one of my best pieces of advice I can give to a woman who is single is making sure that you make your close friendships, your relationships with, the, with family members. And I'm talking about family members who support you. I'm not talking about toxic family members. They can, they can kick rocks as right. far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> but the people in your life who are there for you, make them a priority. Make time to talk yeah. with them, to spend time with them, to get on the phone with them. So that when you do say, hey, I am making finding the love of my life a priority this year. I'm going to spend more time dating. No one is shocked. And people know that you make them a priority in your life. You're not blowing people off. You're not ditching people. You have said, hey, I'm going to make dating a little bit more of a priority. So, you know, I may not be going to these events on Saturdays because I have already decided that I'm going to dedicate my Saturday nights to dating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then people's feelings don't get hurt. No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> Again, communication. <laughs> it, it saves lives. It really does. <laughs> It does. It does. Well, you are awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing these, you know, wonderful points with the audience. I think they will be beneficial for not only women, but also men too, because we're all out here just trying to find love and live our lives and build our businesses. You know what I'm saying? So any help we can receive, girl. Let's get it. <laughs> Let's get it. Um, <laughs> but where can everyone find you, Keisha, so they can, you know, get some, some more assistance in their love life? Sure. So I am very active on social media, except for when I'm spending time with my husband. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> Just bringing up that point one more time for the people who didn't hear it the first time. Right. Um, but on Instagram, I'm at Keisha Rice. And on Facebook is facebook.com slash the Keisha Rice. Apparently, Keisha Rice was taken, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I said, who is, who is Keisha Rice? Who is the other Keisha Rice? We got to find her. <laughs> we should track her. I do know people like in the business world who have actually reached out to people with their same name mm -hmm. and bought 
Facebook usernames and Instagram usernames and Twitter. And I'm like, it's not that serious. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I need to find the person who has my Twitter name, though. Um, <laughs> I have th- I have thought about that because I I have I am Shawnee everywhere, but but Twitter. I don't know who that person <laughs> is, but she didn't give me my name back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Facebook.com slash Keisha Rice, Instagram at Keisha Rice. And if any women are interested in working with me, I do one-on-one coaching. I do not work with men, <laughs> especially because a lot of what I teach is about feminine energy, so it would be awkward. Um, but yeah, I can give you the link to that and you can put it in the show notes if you like. Absolutely, yes. I'll put everything in the show notes so everybody will be able to access you and they'll go, go ahead and schedule appointments so that you can get everybody in love and all happy, you know, because it's, it's cuffing season, okay? <laughs> so we're trying to promote love, okay, guys? So we want you guys to get together, get y'all energy levels all worked out, get healed, so y'all can come together and have happy love lives, okay? So it's about to be cuffing season. So yeah, y'all go ahead and book those appointments, okay? <laughs> oh yeah, Dur- during my uh, single season, I absolutely hated cuffing season. Yeah. Because it's, it's nothing but an excuse for hookups. And I'm like, if yeah. that's what you're into, you can do it year round. Like, let's... let's- <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know? But I look at cuffing season as, okay, it's time for me to like lock it down with somebody you know what i'm saying so it don't have to be like i'm bouncing here 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 uh, <laughs> but you know some people look at it that way but we're not trying to look at it that way because we are going to be healed and happy individuals so you guys i want you to go ahead and schedule your appointments with miss rice well mrs rice so that you can go ahead and get healed and happy and be in love okay <laughs> Yes, and I will say that if you're going to book an appointment with me, I, I help women with attraction mm-hmm. and with going on more dates, but it is not really my interest to just get a woman on more dates. I'm interested in creating relationships here. Yes, so. and I think that's good, and I think that's good because, I mean, if they want more dates, they can just go on a dating app. But that's not that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to establish healthy and happy relationships here. Yeah. Yeah. All right, dear. Well, thank you so much for being on the Beauty and Soul podcast. It truly was a pleasure chatting with you about love and life and business. I love, I love, love, love talking about those topics. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. All right, beautiful people. So what did you think about that episode? Wow. Keisha had so many great points for us. I hope y'all were taking notes, but if not, don't worry about it. It'll be in the show notes. So the feature song for this episode is Love Language by Kalani. Get into it.
lost in translation Never wanna be on two separate pages Swear to me that you stay back If you can take back, I know I can take that I've been working at it, hoping that you notice I've been waiting that it's needed you to focus Thank you for listening to the Beauty and Soul podcast Where we discuss the B-side of life, love, and business I hope you enjoyed it And as always, keep God first And don't forget to share, rate, and subscribe. Until next time.